we take a trip back into the 90s today on Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. And I just... Hello, and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online, where Jammer just steps all over my intro. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and we're here to talk about, as he said, Demolition Man. We're going to find out what the fuck his boggle is as we talk about this film. We're also going to have a conversation. We're talking about SAG AFTRA, right? You didn't, you didn't say that. A little bit of a SAG AFTRA. A little bit, a little bit of SAG, a little bit of AFTRA, or SAD AFTRA, SAD AFTRA. There you go. That's a good one, because they haven't made Love a deal it. yet. I keep forgetting right. that we're we're still having a strike right now because the the writer strike has been solved. So in my mind, all's good. But no, that's not the case. We got it's very movies selfish like of you as a writer. It's very selfish. Not, it's very selfish of me as a writer who is actually not you know invested in it because he's not actually a member of the wga so it really doesn't affect me really doesn't matter um in terms of like the one versus the other but anyways sag we're approaching day 100 so we'll talk a little bit about that but first jonesy i know you wanted us to talk about demolition man which is approached it's wait oh three two three 30th anniversary you're almost there jesus 30th anniversary here on planet earth um and it's not that i it, wanted to the internet demanded it just to, just based on the it? fact that it had reached the yeah of course you you don't sound particularly impressed with this film okay we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see all right so this film has a rotten tomato score of 62 percent uh from the critics i don't know what it has from the audience it's got a 66 percent so slightly better you know i feel like this is a movie though where rotten tomato scores are perfectly meaningless anything before 2000 there's no point in looking at rotten tomato score because these are reviews of people revisiting either a they have nostalgia or b they're from i don't know like i don't even know where they're usually pulled from but they're not they're not in the moment a lot of times and i don't see the point I saw, I don't know if you saw this, so when I did my um, event horizon review, excuse me, I'm all gassy, I think this is carbonated water. Um, the critics gave it like a 34% or 30-something percent. I was like, ah, I don't. Give what? I don't the movie? Know. Event horizon. Oh, I never saw that. Jesus fucking Christ. You know we're watching? Event oh, horizon. Please, please no. Please What year no. is it? It's 2020. You get, it's all right. You got four years. Four years. The movie came out in 1997, so you, you got a little bit of time. You're all right. You're good. So Demolition Man has a, a rotten tomato score sitting in the 60s. Jammer thinks that's irrelevant. Uh, so we're going to yes. just jump in here and see what did you think of this film? So before I talk about the movie, we're not going to do Uh-oh. our typical review slash spoiler because who cares? It's you got to give me a heads up. Old. You're just going to deviate without saying anything. But all right, that's fine. Yeah. So. I felt like when I was watching this movie, more than the movie itself, it made me very nostalgic for the 90s. Nostalgic for the 90s. For, I'm sick, everybody. Calm down. You know, I'm going to stumble over my words a bit, but hopefully I'm a little bit, you know, coherent regardless. But the whole time, this is what I imagined. I'm going to paint a picture for you. You're you're a kid. You know, you're maybe no eight. Stuff the words. Five or eight years old in the 90s. Maybe it's a Friday. Maybe your, your parents decided to have some friend over who you don't know, and they have a kid as well. That kid is probably like 12 or 13. He's cool because he's older. But, you know, looking back on it, he's really not that cool. 
he comes to the little get together bearing a VHS of a movie. And that movie is probably going to be something like Demolition Man. And it's going to be the coolest freaking thing you've ever seen in your entire life. That is what this movie makes me feel is that those moments where these random kids from these random get togethers bring these VHSs and it's like the coolest thing ever. That's what I thought when I watched pretty much all of this movie the entire time. You know, it also made me feel some other things, but overall, it just made me feel like a kid again. We really don't see movies like this at all these days. It's like a weird mix of hardcore action and ridiculous camp, stupid sci-fi. And it's it's fun, but it's not good. So that's kind of where I sit with it. And it got really boring at the end. The action, oh my God, I was over it. I'm like, stop with the sparky explosions, please. Please stop with the sparks. I'm done with them. Um, it had a lot of funny parts, but in, and I got some, you know, like the 90s aspect was really strong. Like as I was watching it, I couldn't help but mentally compare it to so many others 90s movies. Like Face Off was a big one. Um, really got Face Off vibes from that, especially uh, Wesley Snipes' character. You know, I feel like Nicolas Cage channeled Wesley Snipes for his role as, as Caster Troy in Face Off. Um, and there's so many other different aspects that I just thought were were really interesting. Also, full of a cast of people that I didn't realize were so old. Yeah, Wesley Snipes, obviously. Sandra Bullock looks the same, mostly. Rob Schneider, Benjamin Bratt. All these people, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people so that many people I didn't in this movie. were so old. Yeah, so many I people. I think Jack Black is in it as well. Jack Black as well. Yeah, he plays one of the uh, the scraps that are that's next to Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary is another one where I'm like, he looked the same. I mean, I haven't seen him recently, but I feel like he looks the same and acts the same. Everything about him is the same. Um, but yeah, like overall, it was an enjoyable movie. But at the end of it, like it wasn't great, but it made me really nostalgic for the vibes it gave off. And we could talk a little bit more about like the deeper state of Hollywood if you want to get to that point, just because I think it's interesting comparing it you know, something like that compared to what we have now. But overall, like, it's it's fine. Like, it's fine. It's a fun movie, but I wouldn't write home about it. I think it, it lives on nostalgia. Okay. Uh, for my part, I agree with the nostalgia part of it, but the nostalgia part that I agree with is I think that it has so many memorable lines, things that I still think about and say to this day. I could like, see that. Uh, be well. And uh, what's your boggle? Like I said, like I, those lines just, they stuck with me uh, throughout the years. I felt like Wesley Snipes was like the movie. Generally there are, there are scenes where I felt like they were channeling this very Batman Joker relationship between Mm, the two of them. And like Wesley Snipes came off like a Joker that could fight. And there was a scene in the beginning that I completely forgot where even Stallone does like the back, um handed fist and i was like i know what that's from um and it just i i really enjoyed that and again when i saw this as a kid like because that was relatively fresh in my mind um i really loved it so i I think it's a lot of fun i get what you're saying about the action i think it does fall in the the general trap that movies of this era run into where they just kind of run out of steam or gas at the end um but again, for me, the thing that makes it um, fun, it, like it's got the right amount of cheese, it's got the right amount of comedy, it's got the right amount of action, and it just it just had a really good mix of stuff um, in it. And so I, I thought it was a lot of fun. 
I it's, it's, it is a fun movie. Yeah, it is a fun when I write like, home about it, I write home about it only from the perspective of like, this is a movie I enjoyed when I was a kid and watching it. Uh, I was laughing pretty hard, even as an adult um, at some of the stuff. So, yeah, I mean, um, one thing I thought was interesting, I wanted to look up. I wanted to look up because it doesn't look like a cheap movie. So I, I'm going to do the stupid thing. I'm going to talk about kind of like this is a movie that would never get made today for many no. different reasons. It's Is it an original movie? Is it based on anything you mean? Yeah. No. Like that's, a that's weird. Film that that's as, weird, as as right? To have a movie that's this so expensive that spend so much well, money on that's original. Because like I looked up the budget, the budget forty five to seventy seven million back then. I looked it up today. That'd be equivalent of ninety five to one hundred and sixty five million dollars. That's a Marvel yeah. movie budget. Mostly and it made one fifty nine. Yeah, it made you know it domestic. it made well I don't know how much so it's all domestic so. I don't know what the math is back then in terms of profitability. It sounds like it could have been profitable. I'm not sure. Um, yes, but it's considered a successful film. Okay. Um, my point is the fact that they were, they, they spent so much money on something that was just like, we just have a movie star. We just have Sylvester Stallone. And then Wesley, I don't know if what, what Wesley Snipes star power was back then. What he'd done up to that point. But it was, getting it was 93 big at that point. Okay. Um, so yeah, they had, a, I guess, a couple of stars, um, that they can bank on, but that was pretty much it. And a weird, ridiculous premise that I'm sure they drove home in the trailers, but yeah, this is something that just would not get made ever today. And I'm like, kind of makes me nostalgic it's for those sad. times where you, where you'd see a trailer for a movie and be like, Oh, what is this weird expensive thing? That is something that I've never seen or don't know anything about before. Um, yeah, like the nostalgia for me was just on so many levels in addition to the vibes I got from the movie and, you know, just the fact that something like this couldn't work in today's market, Yeah, which is disappointing. I, um, who's, there was the video that you sent us that talked about uh, the death of Hollywood, right? Oh, yeah. So um, that was Patrick H. Willems, which is okay, very long, but mostly great. And I think you're right in the criticisms that you had about it, though. Where they talks about how the the quote unquote formula for you know success in blockbusters is like fading or failing today, but you're like no, it's also because the movies just aren't good. If the movies yeah. were good, it would probably be working. I don't know. It's hard to say because yeah, I not think right all now. the examples he chose had like very significant flaws. Um, but I brought that up to say uh, to your point. This is a film that's just wholly relied on the fact that Stallone and Bullock um, and she's like, this is I think this is right before um, speed. So she's not even. Quite yeah, like there's no way this speed. is this is not pre speed. The speed is yeah. 95, I think. Right. So like, I, I think that it's kind of great that you're you're catching. So Stallone is at his peak or towards his peak. I don't even know. What, what would you consider Stallone's peak? I don't know. Like, he's just been around forever. He's just um, eternally relevant, to be honest. Ever since Rocky, yeah. he's been eternally relevant. But I would say, like, I, what you consider Stallone to be would be a mix of late '80s to mid '90s. Yeah, so definitely him at his peak. Blade was '98, so you've got Wesley Snipes like moving into that space, and then Central Speed Bullock, was '94, like by the said. way. So right before that, so like, yeah, to catch that wave of people, um, it's pretty great. Uh, and so I, I really like this film. Um, can we talk about like part of the plot? Like I thought Cocteau's idea was horrific. 
Like which part of it? The fact, the fact that he was going to unleash Wesley Snipes to get rid of Friendly. Did he like? As far as I could tell, Edgar Friendly wasn't killing anyone. He yeah. was just like graffiti. He was stuff just a wrench. Food. So he's like, I'm going to unleash this guy who is like a Crazy. hardcore killer, make him stronger, better, and then unleash him on all of these people. And then what? How? What was your What was your plan to contain him? This is not. He's not a smart villain. This is not a smart movie. I'm I'm going to throw that out there right now. This movie is not very smart. I like to always something. I this is a weird thing to do. Uh I like to sometimes imagine looking at a screenplay page and the final page and just imagine what the final line could be, would be. And I think the final line of this movie would be really funny to see on the page. He says, how's that damn three eggshell or three seashell thing work? That's the last line of the movie. Just imagine that being the last line in a screenplay and just being like, well, that's interesting. That's a. It is interesting, but the crazy thing is, people still talk about that. People still talk about the three seashells. Do you really like? Have you seen that before you saw this movie? So just, to, I don't know if you said this at the beginning. You hadn't seen this movie before we decided we were going to review it. Like, yeah. Had you heard that before? Do you recall no. ever seeing that? So nope. Kyle, you've seen this movie before, right? Long, long time ago. It's been a while. But you see the three seashell thing come up from time to time, where people bring it up. Yeah, I can remember where I've where where I've where people have brought it up. I cannot remember like examples of that right now though. I can't like yeah, pick no. out a spot, but it's one of those things that's like, oh yeah, I I remember that. Yeah, people still want to know. Like I just I I find that to be amazing that this one random mystery from a movie 30 years ago just just comes up. Like I saw okay, here's an example. Here was an example one I thought was good. So Three years ago, during the height of COVID, people were like, I don't understand how people are running out of toilet paper. Don't they know how the three seashells work? And I was like, that's good. <laughs> I like that. That's that good. That's good. Um, that's cute. Again, just so I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think that falls into the category of like, yeah, you would never do that today. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. Well, of I don't, I'm not sure you wouldn't do it today. I think what it is, it was just. It's just funny to me. Like to me, I look at that. I'm like, that's how you're ending the movie on a really bad joke. Um, but what going back to me talking about Hollywood and shit, just because that's what I like to do. It's just like what I appreciate from this is a movie just allowed itself a move an original project allowed itself to just be really weird and s- silly. And it's so silly. Like all of the, the Sandra Bullock lines where she gets like these phrases wrong that sounds like it's out of the Back to the Future. It's like, okay. it's cheesy. I'm like, really? That was what you went with? It's like a the it's like a joke that you would put on a page. Be like, I'll replace that with a better one later. But they just decided to keep it in. That's what yeah, it feels like. Really it maybe it's because. <laughs> yeah, you really licked his ass. I was like, okay, really? I would be like, okay, if I were working with a co-writer, I'd be like, we're not keeping that joke. That joke is stupid. <laughs> we're not gonna do that. Like pretty much all it of those really jokes. matched his meat. Look how much it you know makes you laugh. Funny? You're so you know amused right now. You know what? No, the reason why I'm laughing is because it sounds like um, they sound like Stewie lines. They sound like something that Stewie would say on Family Guy. Stewie Griffin, like yeah. and like yes, like dead serious, like like Cool Whip. Like it sounds like that kind of humor. Like what are you doing? Why why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Um, yeah, and that's part of why it makes me laugh because it, it it feels like that kind of uh that kind of humor um 
I think the things, the other things I loved about this film is just like how they were able to change society so quickly. And so I remember how excited they were when they got the five cops or six cops to finally go and confront him for the first time. Like he's not even paying attention to him and he's at the computer screen and they're like, Hey, put your hands on your head and do all this other stuff. Oh and yeah. Like, all right. Good Say, job. Or people. else like, we got it. We're going to get him or else he's like the fuck <laughs> or else what? Um, <laughs> how did you feel about Dennis Leary's Murica speech? Uh, because I, I saw that's where I, we are I, now. Yeah, I couldn't help but feel it was, it was weird. Wanted. It was weird. He got what he wanted. He's like, I want to be able to do this and do this because I actually find myself conflicted about specific rules because I'm like, part of me is just like, yeah, I like freedom. But imagine how nice it would be if there were specific rule, like health rules in place to, you know, make it with regards to like schools and the types of food that they offer and this and that. Or a specific type of education with regards to food. That'd be nice. But at the same time, it's like that goes against everything. Like, I have the right to eat nothing but Doritos for the rest of my life. That's my prerogative. Um, So it's like, I get it both sides, which sounds weird. But I'm conflicted because I can't tell you how much I would have appreciated to have more food education as a young, young, young person. I want the government to set a better floor. That's what I want. Like, if the government mm. is going to do anything, set a better floor. And that's what does not that mean? what they do. Um, better minimum standards. So yeah, I, I can mm. I can manage myself and not eat bullshit. But if they're allowing companies to put bullshit in there and I just have to either spend more money to avoid it or something like that, that that's the problem. Um, yeah. What I don't like that government doesn't do, like it's this whole Leviathan thing, right? This idea that as the government, I give you all of this power and with all of this power, you're supposed to keep me safe. You're supposed to do these things. And so the, that's the difference between what I want and what they're talking about, which is just being fascist, right? Where I'm going to have all these rules and force you to do all these things. And like, that's, that's the flip side. That's the dark side. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I also really, I really remember, quick. I know. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say one thing that that jumped out. I was watching this with my wife, and so you remember the part where he was in the museum and he heard um, the Chinese voice. He's like Ching Chang Chong, and she was like, "Whoa, that didn't age well." I was like, "No, he's supposed to be a horrific human being," and she's yeah. like, "I don't know." And I was like, "He killed a busload of children." She's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Wait a minute, are you really arguing with me?" Like. The merits of the thing that he did. Pixar with didn't happen. To like Pixar didn't happen. If we didn't huh? see the horrifying deaths, didn't didn't happen. The the guy, the firefighter came out. And he's like, there are bodies everywhere. He said it. We didn't see it. Therefore, it didn't have that impact. <sighs> okay. No, I'm just saying mentally, there's a disconnect, which is probably why that didn't matter to her as much as him. Doing that really offensive Chinese. I thought that you were what? Dude, I think it was like half a second where you're about to do it. You're like, I'm not doing that. Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> Whatever. You did it. You did it. Yeah, I know. I I'm not criticizing. I'm just laughing. It's like I like the calculation on your face, and you're like, no. Nah. <laughs> there was there was zero calculation on my face. I don't have the mental fortitude right now to have any calculations. I'm just trying to stay a little bit ahead. Um, 
So we have uh, what anything else? Actually, there actually there's one more thing I wanted to say. What was it? Oh yeah. Mm. So I knew nothing about this movie as I mentioned before going into it at all, other than the fact that it was Sylvester Stallone. So I was surprised just watching the opening credits and seeing all the names of people that were in the movie. First of all, also I was expecting the whole movie to be like the opening sequence. So I was oh. just like, oh, we're going full face off. Here's what I was thinking: full action, '90s action movie, and then huge tonal shift in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Oh, interesting. I don't know how I feel about this, but interesting. Yeah. It makes me, I, I, I definitely feel what you're saying. And it makes me sad. Like you just, it is unlikely that you get this kind of stuff anymore. Like it's just, just gone. Yeah, I can't imagine like a studio saying like, okay, we have an action for a director who had never directed before. This was a first yeah, time. I have director. no idea who this guy was. Yeah, I looked him up because I was thinking there ha- this has to be directed by somebody that I at least know about. Uh, no, no, it's somebody he directed no. one other thing in 2006. And this was the first thing he's ever directed. That's insane um, to me. It is. They gave him $100 million. And now, granted, this movie also played it safe in a bunch of different ways. You had bankable movie star. You had a lot of explosions. I'm sure you had a lot of people on set who knew what they're doing with regards to that. But like, it's still weird. Um and this is a really weird. I, I was when I was gonna look him his name up first. I was ready to dovetail this into a whole other conversation about like the difference in the types of directors we have and stuff, and how we go straight from zero to you know one hundred fifty million dollars. But apparently, this guy was doing it before it was cool. He was doing it. He was doing it. He was, he was Marvel it. before Marvel was a thing. Yeah. On on another note. Did you know that Peyton Reed? I'm changing the subject all again. I'm gonna fuck. You know? Did you know Peyton Reed directed Bring It On? Really? And did you also know he directed the Disney TV movie version from the '90s of the Computer War Tennis Shoes? I'm not gonna lie. I had never heard of Peyton Reed before he directed Ant Man. That that's what I'm saying. Is I hadn't either. But he's been directing for decades, and he no. literally has that. He's the one director in Marvel's pantheon. That really went about it the normal Hollywood way. Yeah. Everyone else blew up after a couple of movies. Yeah. Having seen um, Ant-Man 3, go back to the drawing board. He needs needs to get some more reps in. That movie was fine. It was not amazing, but it was fine. To quote Spock, if by fine you mean terrible, then yes. (laughs) All right. Well, anything else you want to say about Demolishing Man? No, I just I love it uh, tonally. It's it's just a lot of fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed so much about this film. So I I would honestly say that this is probably one of my favorite Stallone movies. Um, and I also really love how much he and Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan just fucking love each other. Um, so like there was this period. All the references in the movie to the to each of those so people. So between this and um, Last Action Hero, you just have like just like this reverence for each other. It's just a lot of fun. And again, going back to your Patrick H. Willems video, it's sad that we don't have stars that are that much bigger than the movie now, that the jokes that they're making about themselves and each other are just that um, far-reaching. Like, I I, I love it. Um, apparently, Jackie Chan, they offered him the role of the of Simon Phoenix, and he said no. And so that's- Oh, Simon Phoenix? Did. Uh, I don't know names. Oh, whoa! Really? Yeah. Interesting. And that's how you get that. Um, that Chinese joke would have played differently. 
Yeah. Well, and there's that Jackie Chan reference um, somewhere in the movie. It's between... yeah, yeah. Sandra Bullock said she learned to kick yeah. from Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so that's where that comes from. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's all I gotta say about it. Watch it. It's a lot of fun if you hadn't seen it. Watch it. It's pretty good. It's fine. It'll it'll take you back to a simpler time before we had cellular telephones and internet, SAG widespread after internet. Before SAG after strikes, when actors just did what they were told, like they were supposed to. Um. Anyway, speaking of SAG after strikes, let's talk about the SAG after strike. We are approaching oh, day one hundred of the SAG after strike. It's uh, as of this recording, we're on day ninety eight. So I'm sure when some of you listen to this. It'll probably be day 99 or 100. So we're already there. And as it said in one of the articles that I that I read, and I don't remember if it's any of the articles that I sent you, Kyle, but it is an anniversary that nobody wanted. Kyle, it's not a big deal. That's the, one, not you a sent. Big That's deal. the one you sent. Okay. That is the one you sent. It's not an anniversary that anybody wanted. Um, you know, obviously people want this to be resolved. And you know what? You know who apparently wants this to be resolved? A bunch of A-list actors. They wanna they wanna go in, sweeten the pot, and essentially what they they brought to the table was a hundred and fifty million dollar proposal to SAG-AFTRA to help end the strike. That would help, I guess. Uh, essentially, they're paying more dues that could help with everything. And I feel like you and I are in agreement. This is not. This is not solve the problem. This does not really yeah. fix any of the things because I don't think what they just want is more money it's protections against ai among other things and let's at the end at the end of the day 150 million dollars while a lot of money is not gonna fill the coffers as much as they need long term it's like a band-aid um i don't know what are your overall thoughts on that kyle or kyle Uh, uh, jonesy sorry i was looking at Uh, kyle first thing is the first thing is i was confused right so that Uh that you said when they were like this is an anniversary nobody wanted uh, the strike has been going on a hundred days and anniversary is a yearly event. And Oh my God. An- oh my God. Oh, you must've been so confused. How did you continue reading the article? Jonesy? I, I really had to go back a couple of oh. times. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mr. Entropy from fucking, um, that's what it said in the article. I know, but I'm saying they use the word incorrectly and they you're did. like, Oh my God. And I, yeah. And you're I'm right. saying that you're the, you're the guy from, um, you're right. They should have, they should have used, uh, they should have used milestone. Mr. Kill Bill, like, Oh, I hate when he used that word. They should have used milestone. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think it's sad. It, it sucks that the writers are getting back to work, um, without any actors to act in the thing. And selfishly, all I keep thinking about are the deadlines that are just going to be slipping, slipping, slipping for the things that I want. Um, I hear what the, I Deadpool think, 3 is basically officially delayed, or it's reportedly delayed. No, my point is it's it's affecting release dates yeah, now officially. It's happening. That's fine. Um, but what I found pretty interesting with like the sticking point, right? The sticking point uh, that seemed to get them to walk away. What was it? It was... Um... Oh, no, sticking it just jumped point. out of my head. Yeah, what caused um, the studios to walk away? Oh, it was was the money that streamers were going to be expected to pay um right they wanted them to pay per prescribe or prescriber <laughs> subscriber subscriber and right. i think they were talking about 800 million dollars is what they would also end up having to pay which is just not tenable um 
So I know that just makes Kyle happy because it just proves how right he is about the. Is it not tenable though? Is it not tenable though? It's not, dude. Disney Disney Plus lost half a billion dollars in direct to service freaking. And you're gonna tell me Disney doesn't have any money? Dude, no, it's not that they don't have any money, but what they cannot do is continue to operate at a loss like this. And what they're no, I get that. The bigger the bigger problem is kind of what Matt Damon talked about when he was on Hot Ones, right? It was the fact that. You yep. had the um the DVD, like you knew you had this guaranteed physical, I mean, this income from this physical thing that was coming in. So guaranteed the residuals. fact that, you know, we just have um, Best Buy saying like, hey, we're done with physical media. We're not selling any more DVDs or, or Blu-rays or anything anymore. Um, oh, you're segueing into streaming. another news article that we didn't even talk about. Best Buy no longer no, selling no. media, physical media no, next I'm year. Just, I, I'm, I'm just tying it all together. And PC Master saying, Race. Like, you know, to have Best Buy not doing this anymore and, you know, the price of streaming going up and up and up. I think uh, Netflix just announced another price hike. I think if you want oh, to watch yeah. 4K content, it's going to be uh, so it's funny. 4K content will now co- cost you 24 bucks. And so um, between all of those things, what you see is that just streaming in and of itself you will never make up enough money. And again, bringing in the video that you shared, the uh, Patrick H. Willems one, because I think he even pointed this out. You will never get enough subscribers to make up the amount of money that you're spending on these movies. And so that's kind of what I mean when I say it's not tenable, especially if then you're going to go back in and say like, hey, not only are you operating at a loss to make these films, now you have to also pay $800 million just to make it fair for these actors. And so, so here's, something's got to get. Here's my rebuttal against that. No, I agree. Let's hear it. But there are two things. A, as this happens, you know, uh, CEO salaries continue to go up as all this happens. When you have a CEO salaries continue to go up, it is not the actor's or the writer's responsibility to figure out how to make things profitable. But even the if CEOs need to, no, no, he, the CEOs no. need to figure, no, no, it's their obligation to figure that shit out. I, I don't disagree. That I don't disagree with that. Yeah, Sorry. I don't disagree that the compensation is out of control. That said, I don't know that you would scrape enough Mm-mm. money out of that to make up for the thing that we're talking about. Not at all. But they make enough money to figure out a tenable solution. Sure. Yeah, I I don't disagree. So I think that there's a compromise somewhere in there. It's not eight hundred million dollars. Um, and so maybe they would come off off of that dollar amount if the CEO said like, okay, we will take down our compensation. Or, you know, uh, some sort of residual situation. I'm not sure about the specifics of what they're looking for. but Right. That's what I mean when I say come down off of that. Like that number has to come down significantly. And then the CEOs also have to be willing to, and not just the CEO, like the C-suite, right? Yeah, it had like all of they have to redefine what it means to be in those jobs and how much money you make. I don't give a shit how good of a CEO David Zaslav is. There's no way that he is worth that much money. Like there's, there's he doesn't have enough how much is he making his entire fucking body it was like 20, was, 27 million or something. Yeah, it was something insane like that. And it's like, there's just no way. Here's Not my yet. here's a question for you guys, because uh, at the risk of extending this, but uh, I want to know 
there's a few outlets out there that are constantly posting on on this subject, and one of the things they love to throw out there is revenue. Well, anyone that knows business knows that revenue is one small portion of a very large financial picture, and they're not talking profit. They're just talking revenue, right? Um, what if the streaming service loses money and you've got this residuals deal residuals on what at that point the streaming service the yeah. actual service they need to not figure the, that shit out yeah not figure the umbrella that shit company out. not the umbrella company of disney making a, a profit but their streaming service lost money so should should people get residuals on that and then let's say you get this great residuals um contract well anytime something doesn't perform well they just pull it do you lose your residuals because you're project is pulled like the whole can of worms of of streaming and actors in this day and age is a lot more complex than a lot of people either a realize or b want it to be um yeah what, what do you think about that jones you seem to be thinking well as far as the residuals you can't you know how much is 100 percent of nothing residuals come from some form of it being screened or shown or something like that, the number of clicks or some views. performance metric. So, yeah. So, so from that perspective, I would say no, as an actor, as a director, as a writer, you got compensated, you got paid for your work on a film. Now, what I do think sucks, and I'm, I'm still, I'm thinking specifically of something like Batgirl. Um, the folks that worked on that don't have the opportunity to have their work showcased. The actual loss for them isn't necessarily the residuals. Um, it's the folks who, like the lead actress's name jumps out of my head at the moment. But the Leslie only thing Jones. notable- Leslie Grace. Leslie Grace. Not Grace. Jones. Grace. Grace. Sorry. Thank you. Um, definitely not Leslie Jones. <laughs> um, <laughs> we admit, just mentioned Ghostbusters 2016 yeah, yeah. And, the, and the Leslie name was like um, combined. What- jumps out to me about her specific situation is the only thing she had done up until this point of note in my mind was in the heights and i haven't seen her really do anything since so let's say that that was a, a good or successful or better that like was it worse than the flash like i don't know um but i think that that's probably the worst thing that's going to happen to them um or folks like them and the, the directors uh, i'd never heard of them before bad boys three and so, again, I was excited to see that movie based on their work. So for as a viewer, um, the loss there isn't necessarily, you know, the residuals. It's, it's the opportunity to see their work um, from their perspective. This speaks to a bigger issue, though. Hmm. So and this is going back to Matt Damon. I don't even know if it was Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, but one of those two. They talked about uh, one of the big protections. Or I don't know if they talk specifically about the protections, but it's related to that about AI uh, or, you know, the scan, the body scans of actors, essentially being an extra or um, I guess a background actor, as it were, allowed them to pay the bills as they grew into the role. And as Hollywood is developing, these opportunities, including residuals, including background extra work, background actor work, is making it, harder and harder for actors, small-time actors, most actors, to make a living as they're building their portfolio. And that's the same thing with what the writers were fighting for. Normally, by normally, I mean back in the 90s and 2000s, there was like a trajectory for a writer's career. 
you were like a this writer, and then you were you were a staff writer, then you were this writer, then you basically would go to set and learn things and become this, and then maybe become a showrunner. And you're able to make a career out of it, and those opportunities are being pulled away in the name of profit, profitability, and it's really screwing over the future of the industry. The actors are facing similar things here. There's opportunities to make a little buck because you know I, I know you're talking about like, you were paid for your work, but you weren't paid much for your work, and it's not frequent enough to actually build a solid foundation of actors in the future. So it's going to be harder in the future to really have you know good, solidly um, proved talent because you aren't allowing people other than rich people and nepo babies to actually make a living being an actor. Whoa, because- whoa, whoa. Gwyneth Paltrow said that's a that's a derogatory term. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry, Gwyneth. Sorry, Gwynny. And Apple. You have to apologize to Apple as well. Sorry, Tim Apple. Who's Apple? No, no. A- Apple. Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. Not Tim Apple. And oh. Not Steve Apple. Daughter gotcha. Apple. Gotcha. Sorry, daughter Apple. Apple, Apple. Apple Pop- Paltrow. I'm sorry. Nepo not Apple. Nepo Apple. Not Apple. Apple. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. I'm sorry. It's hard to stay woke these days. It is. Anyways, any any thoughts on that? I think we lost the thread there. Uh, AI, AI bad. I, it's funny you say that. I saw I don't think AI bad. Was... Hold on, I'm not saying AI I was bad. Joking? No. Well, no, no. I know. I need to make sure that that context is clear. I am conflicted also about AI because there's a lot of opportunity there, but there's also legit theft happening. So, yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> I think it's going to balance it out. Um it will balance itself out at some point. Um, even between the actors and the writers and the studios, I think as long as people are fighting, um, it will find a way to balance out. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping. I no, saw that's an ideal situation. It is an ideal we could situation. end up in a demolition man future where we can't do anything I'm okay without getting that. fined. I'm okay with that. Um, I did see a funny video where it was like a sports movie, like a teen sports movie, and people were playing basketball, and they switched over to the the audience. And to your point about background actors, like I yeah. would say at least a third to half were like PlayStation Three graphics. Um, two guys, PlayStation like, Two yeah, graphics. Moving. It was terrifying. Ah, I'll give it. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three. Okay. The anti-aliasing wasn't as bad. On mm. yeah, so I would say yeah. three. That was yeah, that was it looked like a Disney Channel original movie. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, you said most of it was like just yeah, CG characters. They're just like, all right, we're just gonna throw them in there. Who gives a like who cares? I'm like, you're just willing to do that. That's the most dangerous thing. We're just like, yeah, I, I don't give a fuck. Just yeah, just good enough for screen. who it's for. Good enough for who it's for. Do you guys remember you're that awful tweens? Uh remember the awful movie Final Fantasy Spirits Within? Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember being do, really depressed with that movie. <laughs> I know. Me too, right? Yeah. Uh, do you remember Sony and uh, Square's plan to use the uh, female lead as an actress, as a CGI oh, yeah. actress? Yeah. 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 You know, I had uh, mentioned that uh, to um, um, some people with big names related to the company side. You know who I'm talking about. And they were kind of like, oh, I don't think that'll ever happen. And, uh, I was like, I don't know, because now we're at the point to where what Sony and Square wanted is actually tangible when you look at what's actually happening. Yeah. And you're you're I mean, you can look at uh, what what Hatsune um, the Miku. Miku, There you go. Hatsune Miku is as a prime. But now we're getting to realistic ones. 
you know, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing things that essentially, I think the, the ship on AI has sailed for a lot of things like that background filler. Uh, you're not even going to need people to come in and model for it. Um, and even if you AI most of it and then use a regular artist to go in and make it unique, that ship has sailed, man. I don't know what you can do uh, to per to like stop that, if anything the at scraping. all. So you can stop it scraping. You can so you can stop I that. Think there, yeah. yeah, there are some outlets that have already, at least in the news space or in the um, just the web search, have, have limited those. Um, the ability for AI to scrape their sites and gather information from them. So. But at the same time, how many people walking on the street right now would take, say, a hundred dollars to have their face, just their face scanned for use? Like they know that, hey, your face will be used yeah. in a data set to help create background characters. How many people would $100. take a hundred bucks? People were giving their right shit now. away to China for free. Well, Make yeah, me look old. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah, me look absolutely. old. Absolutely. So and it's like, yeah, we, we you, give that information. You might not you even have to mess the with the actors plot. to get it. <laughs> this was the entire plot of Charlie's Angels one or two, right? Where they're like, oh, they're going to have information on all of us and we have to stop them. It's like, no, no, no. You just give that stuff away for free now. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The ship has sailed in a lot of respects. There are things that we can do about it, but the, at least one of the big problems I see in the United States, there's not the will to regulate it at all. Like people talk about it, people say it. Uh, I guarantee the EU will have regulations and laws on this stuff before the United States. Because they don't have freedom, Jonesy. <laughs> Uh, what they have is a functioning government. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if any government can truly be described as functional. Why, why are you making that? What, the, Congress doesn't even have a speaker of the house. You can't do oh, shit. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're functional, but the no, the uh, European Union is also not exactly the the most outstanding thing there is right now. And uh, what's the most outstanding thing there is, Kyle? What is it? I'm with you, Jammer. I'm not sure you can pick a government that's really functioning right now. Everything is messed up. Either people are just going into opposite extremes everywhere. You've got places like re-embracing isolationism. People that are like, no, let everything and everything, no walls bring everything in. People, extreme violence, extreme peace. It's it's a shit show. Extreme I'm peace. Here for we it. don't want extreme peace up in here. I'm just making a joke about how, you know, think hippies. Extreme so, yeah. peace. That's right. Just let the bodies to the floor. Anything else to say about any of this stuff? I, at one point when Kyle was talking, I just wanted to make a joke and I'll, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. I'll tell, I'll tell you offline because it's, it's going to be funny, but it was one of the things where I'm not sure if it would land for you and I knew it wouldn't land for Kyle. And also it was a really weird cut. So, and also the timing the was off. I can end the show, end the show just staring at you. End the show. End the show. No, We're done. I can end it just staring at you. We're done. We're bad joke. All right. Well, folks, if you like what you're do all the socials, like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We would definitely appreciate it. Also, if you want to hear some more stuff, go on YouTube and look at the Genreverse channel or go on LRMonline.com. Certainly, you will enjoy it. Other than that, we will catch you on the next one. Be well. And prosper.